You're a successful business owner or entrepreneur. You love it, but it consumes your entire day and sometimes your entire night. This is the Seven Figure Builder Show. It's a backstage pass to the minds of those who've already cracked the code. Welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. And now your host, Julie Baranek. Well, welcome to the Seven Figure Builder Show. My name is Julie Baranek, founder of Seven Figure Builder, where we help high achieving CEOs connect the dots in their business to scale to seven figures and beyond. And I'm here today with my friend Heidi Cruz. Hey, Heidi. How are you, Julie? I am wonderful. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've chatted a couple times already, but I am yeah. thrilled to have you featured on the show today. So first and foremost, where in the world are you? Yeah. So I'm in the small, tiny state of Connecticut up in the Northeast corner here. Um, my background in education is grounded in clinical psychotherapy, um, worked in that industry for more than two decades and realized, you know, I really wanted to expand the reach of my license to be able to help more people because I was hearing really common stories um, and frustrations around, you know, overwhelm, um, needing guidance and direction in life. And, you know, it's just a common problem. It doesn't necessarily qualify for a mental health diagnosis. Um, and along the way, you know, th throughout my work, my entire career, I've always been fascinated by human behavior, specifically around change patterns. And the more I started expanding my service delivery to now include different types of coaching programs, I became fascinated that, you know, it's the same patterns coming up over and over and over again, regardless of your industry, regardless of your background. It really is just a human experience. Um, and so that's what led me to really identify myself as a mindset um, coach and transformation strategist, focusing on work with uh, small to medium-sized business owners who um, find themselves getting stagnant or often repelling their success um, and not really understanding why that's happening. So that's yeah, awesome. helping me to move forward. Yeah. So, so you've made a full pivot then from the clinical psychotherapy to then helping coaches to really grow their business. Is that correct? Yeah. I still have my clinical practice because it, it's, you know, just a robust practice, but yeah, um, the, I have, I have equal amounts of time dedicated towards um, working, working with those coaching clients as well. Awesome. That's fantastic. So where in the journey do you really help them? Do you help them at the beginning, in the middle, you know, on their exit? Like where, where can you really factor in? Yeah. So it's usually right in the middle, right? It's um, my clients have typically had some form of success already. However, they measure that for themselves. Right. And then it's as they're looking to either up level that success or they've, you know, created a new benchmark that they're trying to hit, they're realizing that how they achieved that first level of success, those skills and strategies aren't always relevant to now going to the next level. Um, and, and that's where it, it really is about uncovering these destructive patterns that for many of us, we, we've had for a long, long time. We just didn't realize that they were destructive because we're smart and savvy enough 
um, to sort of uh, navigate through them or to still, you know, we were resourceful or we're resilient and we still make it through. Um, and, and then, you know, as we're in deeper waters, it gets a little bit more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to touch on that a little more. So the destructive patterns, can you give some examples of that, of what people might be feeling? Yeah. Um, I talk about self-sabotage all the time, right? And so I think a really common one is um, how our self-talk might be repelling our success, right? Because I mean, how often I, I do this too. I and, and let me say, like, part of this is normal. We just have to spend less time in these negative conversations, right? You know, so you're working on something really big and important, right? And so you're putting a lot of time and energy. A lot of business owners say, like, their business is their fourth child or their, you know, it's, it's, an, and it's an extension of their family, right? So, of course, you really want it to go well. And at the end of that process, you look at your end result and you fixate on the one thing that didn't go well, right? You're just so hyper fixated on that that you forget all the other thing, the other things that you did well or you did for the first time that you never thought you'd do. Your attention is on the negative. And then that sort of activates this whole inner dialogue that reinforces that negative story. And a lot of times the negative story connects to an identity, a core identity issue. You know, sometimes it's about self-worth. Sometimes it's about, um, you know, competence. Sometimes it's about their confidence, right? It's, It's a story that is definitely showing up in other areas of their life as well, right? And so to really look at um, when clients first start working with me, how are your stories um, creating more powerlessness rather than empowering you to keep moving forward? And if we're not really intentional in looking at those stories, the risk is that when you're feeling powerless, you forfeit anything within your control to make your circumstances better. and and you stay stuck. Yeah. And, and that's huge. Um, and something we all go through <laughs> on daily, <laughs> weekly, monthly basis. Yeah. Sure. But how do you recommend for people? Like the first step is identifying it, right? Like realizing that you're having those thought patterns, but what should people do about it? How can they reframe that to really take a different perspective or move forward? Yeah. And, and so sometimes it takes someone else to point it out to you too, because you, you know, I I ask my clients, like, what is it like to be in conversation with a negative Nelly, right? Like, so just think about, we've all had that experience, you know, where you're talking to someone who never seems to, to find anything positive or, you know, never can, can see the glass half full, right? You typically walk away from that conversation feeling like really drained, right? The conversation, it feels heavy. And if you're a person who is trying to give suggestions or, help better the circumstance and that negative Nelly keeps, you know, pushing everything away. Like, it, you know, every solution, they find a problem with it, right? It's like you start to feel defeated or maybe even powerless in that, in that um, conversation. Um, so the first question I um, ask my clients when, when I go through that kind of a dialogue with them is now I want you to look at your situation and tell me, is it a small problem or a big problem? Because the stories 
can very quickly make a small problem seem like a big problem. Uh, yeah, a small problem into a big problem. I don't know if I said that right. Yeah. Um, and it's important. It's a really good checking point because 99% of the time, the problems really are small, right? It's that we're giving that problem more of our time, more of our energy, more of our emotional bandwidth. And so it seems so much bigger. Um, And so the minute they say, it's a small problem, right? Then I say, okay, so then it should only be taking up a small amount of your time, small amount of your energy, small amount of your emotional bandwidth. And if people are having a hard time because now they're so emotionally attached to the small problem and they want to say medium, maybe medium to big, right? I say, well, hold on. A big problem is a problem that you can't resolve in one day, right? You're looking out, it's weeks to months that it's really going to take some, you know, rebuilding or, you know, some type of response. The big problems typically involve another entity as well. It's nothing you can do on your own. You're calling in the big guns, whether that's like medical personnel, emergency personnel, um, lawyers, for instance, your, your accountant, something like that, right? It's not something where you're just, you know, even calling a 20 minute, you know, brainstorm session with the team to figure out how you want to move forward. That's still a small problem, right? So helping frame that for a client, I think automatically just adds so much more perspective there. Yeah. And it, it, I chuckle because it reminds me when I started my career, I started as a registered nurse. I forget if I told oh, you this, but yeah. um, I was in high-risk labor and delivery. So we were having babies, right? And women would come in and they're like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And I'm not dismissing childbirth or pain yeah. or any of that. But as a nurse, you know, like what's coming, right? <laughs> and yeah. you ask that pain scale and it's like on a scale of zero to 10, what is your pain? Oh, it's a 10. It's like, oh, honey, no, this is a two. <laughs> it's going to get worse. <laughs> Right. What I realized in my career was that so many people took that pain scale, right, that we've been asked medically to mean how much pain do you want to deal with? Not how much is your pain on a scale of zero to 10? 10 is the worst pain possibly that you can imagine. Zero is nothing. Like 10 is your arm getting chopped off, right? But, you know, it's they take it as how much do I want to deal with? And I kind of see the same thing here that we're so tied emotionally to our businesses that it may really be a small problem, but it feels huge because we have so much emotions tied to it. And we're so emotionally invested that we can't take that step back and see, okay, this is really only affecting this much of my life. It's not, you know, everything that it feels like in the moment. Right. We don't have that objectivity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's also because we don't know that more pain is coming, right? We don't <laughs> right. know that there are bigger problems out there. And so it takes someone else with expertise to point out, you know, okay, I understand how this feels so massive right now, but if you're going to expend so much time, energy, and emotional bandwidth on these small problems, when the big problem really does come up, you have nothing left yeah. to give That's toward true. it. Right. And so it's also about, you know, just sort of not expecting bad things, but I mean, it's things happen, you know, and so you want to add that perspective. For sure. And so often when we're doing things in our business, we feel like they have to be perfect, right? Like you have to get it right the first time you're going public with whatever it is you're doing. You don't want to look like a fool. And, you know, what do you see and what do you recommend for people thinking that? 
Oh my gosh. So there are more than two categories other than like victory <laughs> and failure. Right. right. And so like, first and foremost, like, I, I want you to find that middle ground. Right. And, um, I think when we give ourselves permission to find that middle ground, we also give ourselves permission to be more open to taking risks, even if they're sort of calculated risks. Like I, I hope all of your listeners are, you know, in um, using, you know, numbers and data to support how they're planning. I mean, knowing if they're working with you, they are, because I know you <laughs> from that, um, that skill set there. And it's so important. Um, but, you know, when we keep these really um, too rigid, um, we, when we compartmentalize, I should say, in these two really like rigid categories, um, it's really easy because we always find the thing that didn't go right to wind up in failure, right? I mean, even when things go well, um, I think it's natural to say, you know, next time when I do this, I want to do it this way instead, right? It's not, it's not necessarily a failure, but it starts to give that kind of energy, right? It's a learning. It's like, but that's also how we learn, right? Is by doing, we're really not learning by researching and overthinking. And so it, it takes doing and it takes accepting that a lot of times we have to allow things to not always work out how we planned to figure out, you know, how it's meant to be or how, you know, it's funny. I, just ran my first section of um, a challenge. We called it the Taking Imperfect Action Challenge. And the whole premise of the challenge was um, to help people make good on the promises that they make to themselves, right? We want to help people follow through and keep the promises that really reflect those tasks or actions that are intimidating or are overwhelming. And when I designed this challenge, I was very intentional in making it a six-week challenge. Um, it was actually an SMS challenge. So it was all through text message. Um, and I brought it to, um, I have a masterclass that I'm in and there's a marketing coach in there. And it was like, what are you doing? Heidi, what a six-week challenge. Like, I've never heard of this like, what What do you think is going to happen? You know, And there were all of these concerns and all of these things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I, I don't think this is going to go well. Like, I, why are we spending the time and the money to do this? You know, um, I could have quickly landed in that failure category right then and there had I not done my own mindset work and found that gray area for myself, right? Because what that allowed me to do was really filter through and pick out three nuggets of information that were really key. One of them was gamification, right? And I was like, okay, let's, because fun is part of this, right? B business building should be fun. And sometimes when we're headed towards that next level of success, we up the ante for ourselves and it starts to feel like way more pressure than it does the encouragement um, and the camaraderie that we might have had most likely at the beginning stages of building our business, right? Because that's when we're like hopeful and motivated and energetic. And then you get into this like middle phase where it's like, okay, now I got to buckle down because now I'm getting serious here with a bigger goal. And we lose the fun. I will tell you, 
we had um, we had a forty percent conversion wow. into the final. We did a live bonus session. We didn't even talk about it at the beginning of the challenge. Um, we had over four hundred people registered for this challenge. Right, wow. we had a forty percent conversion into the live bonus session um, after after six weeks. In the sixth week, this was what was announced. That's incredible. It was incredible, right? And so here's the thing. If we prematurely identify something as a failure and give up, we've given up before we've really gotten started, right? And so, of course, I'm looking back now as we're gearing up for the second round of this challenge and and thinking about all the things I would do differently, but not from a, a position of thinking the first one didn't go well. So that's the difference. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, on top of our own self-doubt to hear someone that you respect and went to for advice, like, and not to knock whoever was telling you that, but, you know, to really deflate your vision, like she didn't see your vision. She doesn't know what's burning inside of you for this challenge. And so often we take that a couple of comments or offhand comments and it can totally, like you said, you know, we can just call it quits based off of that. Right. And I think When you start being kinder to yourself and you're focusing more on your process, not always the end result, you start to receive other people's feedback in the same way, right? You really start to understand the intention behind the feedback. It's not about the end result. It really is about the process. It's not personal, right? Um, And so you, you have to see it like you know, from a macro view there to, to really understand, like, this is her job to point these things out. And just because maybe I was a little, I was feeling discouraged. There was also like valuable tips there. If I just, um, sort of what's that word when you, if I just completely, um, not just abandoned what I was doing, but if I just said, Oh, you know, she said this wasn't a good idea. So I'm just, uh, whatever, I'm just going to eliminate that conversation from my memory, I wouldn't have taken some really like golden nuggets that she did drop for me. Right. So that's the other piece too. It's like when we, when we get rid of the two categories, the all or nothing, we start living in a gray space. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know from an IT tech world, we call them retrospectives where after whatever happens, you take a look at it and say, okay, what went well, what could be improved? It's not personal. It's not, you know, meant to be emotional. It's meant to be objective and to learn from it. Cause like you said, where it's a constant learning process. And if we don't glean out what we're supposed to learn from it, even the things that didn't go well, especially those, but even the things that went well, you can always improve. And, you know, I always harp on it's so important to get feedback from your clients, whether no matter what, right. And then You can pull that into whatever it is you're doing to make it always better. So it's just a constant learning process. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. So what are the biggest mindset blocks that you find people have that they're not often conscious of? Like it often takes someone else to be reflective and be that mirror back to them. I think a really common one is is, um, rooted in comparisons. Um, and, you know, I get it. We live in a fishbowl. We um, are all connected in uh, social media in some way. You know, we might all not be active on the same platforms, but 
you know, it's, it's there and we're aware of what other people are doing and we're, you know, you may um, start spending too much time um, paying attention to likes and followers and who's saying what and who's supporting whom and what ideas seem to be, you know, really popular at this stage. And all of a sudden everybody's doing a membership. So you got to scramble and build a membership and you, your whole business model becomes reactive and it, it, it is, it just drifts um, from your original intention, from your vision of what you wanted this to be, because you're putting more value on someone else and what they're doing versus what you created for yourself. Um, so the comparisons are just terrible. Um, you know, and we need boundaries and limits. You know, we all need, we, so if you're not practicing active boundaries and limits in your personal life, in your business, then what's going to happen is you're going to get so far down one path that it takes a lot of time and energy to bring you back to, to reroute yourself back to, you know, the lane that you were in that was, you know, leading you right to the success you, you are really looking for. So when um, I'm working with a client who's, who is fixated or always talking about someone else, it's like, you you might want to just delete social. You might want to completely, you know, let your marketing person completely handle that and just don't even go there because it's at this point, it's such a major distraction. It's detouring you away from where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a love hate relationship with social media very much. So I, I don't know that it's done us any favors as much as, you know, we use it for business and connect with people, which is awesome like this, but it, it's, yeah, it's tough. You got to really look at it. Well, and you know, it's funny because as you move through in your business, I'm, you probably have realized this too, right? Um, people think I'm on social all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because my business page is very active because I'll do a lot of videos, a lot of engagement on social. Um, so they think that I'm on these platforms all day long, whereas really it is an appointment in my planner, you know, when I'm doing this and then that's it. Like, because I know if I open up and start scrolling, I mean, I'm losing, you know, easily 20 to 30 minutes that, you know, I'd rather put towards something else. So as you, you know, accelerate your business and, and move through the different phases of business growth, you come to realize, you know, social is a small part of your business development. Absolutely. And you mentioned before about, you know, having fun in what you're doing, but how do you encourage business owners to have fun in their business again? Like it's so critical, you know, and not getting burned out. Yeah. You know, yesterday I was talking with a client about, you know, you creating boundaries and limits around tasks. Like you really need to stop giving yourself an entire day to do all of this like creative curriculum development, right? Because it shouldn't take you an entire day. And you became a business owner so that, you know, you can control your time and that you cannot work as much as you were in your corporate position, right? You want to have more time with your family. So then design your life and your business so that you have extra time, right? It's extra time to go live your life, to go do the things that are really important to you. And I think, you know, and I'll say like purposefully 
um, schedule in things into your calendar in the beginning when you know you've got, you know, your fun dinner plans, you know, you're leaving around, you know, six o'clock. Schedule that right up until because you know you're not going to miss your fun dinner, right? So it's a natural stopping point um, so that you can't take seven hours to do something that really takes you two, you know, and it encourages you to go out and live. Hey, real quick, it's Julie. I just wanted to say thank you for listening every week. I absolutely adore you and so appreciate your time and your commitment to the show. And I truly love creating free content for you to grow your podcast and your business. And if you want to take our relationship to the next level, I know I would, or you just want to monetize your podcast without ads or sponsorship, hop into my free web class that'll show exactly how. Just go to sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com slash monetize, and I will see you there. Now back to the conversation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I experiences are everything to me <laughs> and building yeah. those memories and like, yeah, business is great. Money's awesome, but you, you need to live life. And that's so critical, you know, otherwise you look back and what do you have? Right. But speaking of which, if you could go back and give your 18 year old self a piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, to stop being so hard on myself. <laughs> right. I mean, Listen, the work that I do is is very reflective of my own process, right? And that self-talk at one point in my life was not an encouraging voice. It was a voice that created a lot of pressure. And think about, you know, when someone's putting a lot of pressure on you, you feel like you're ready to crack, right? You're not moving fluidly. You're not being creative. You're not in your zone of brilliance, um, you're, you're just trying to perform and achieve all the time. And that's exhausting. Um, so that would be, that would be my advice to my 18 year old self. I love it. Yeah. And as you're working it with these very powerful, um, you know, CEOs, business owners, the people that you're working with on all ends of the spectrum, but what have you seen, um, makes a good leader? What would you encourage people as they're building their leadership skills? You know, I, I go back to one of my favorite leaders that I worked with and I, I just think of him as being so fair. Um, and even in the midst of really like high stress processes and decisions, he always remained pretty calm and rational and was always really fair. And funny enough, even this morning where I was thinking about, I had to have a difficult follow-up conversation with someone this morning and the emotional part of me wanted to just land on a you know and then I I thought of him and I was like what would he do here you know like what because I really want to be fair I believe in being fair you know and I landed in a completely different place um and so it's it's being aware of that like sometimes our emotions can you know like that's the ego sneaking in there and it's not fun. Um, but we all have one. And so we just have to be curious and have that conversation with that side of ourselves and own it and then say, okay, but at the end of the day, where am I going to feel most proud? And um, and I do, I I never regret being fair, even if I might feel like I gave a little too much or something, you know, it's like, but that was fair. 
No, I love that. And at the end of the day, we're all human, you know, like you have to hold people accountable. Absolutely. So I agree with that hundred percent. And I love, I love just the fairness of like, okay, where do I really want to land and how can I sleep tonight with how I, I treat yeah. people, you know? And it's easy to be fair if you're willing to have the difficult conversation, right? Because sometimes I think people, you know, they fairness, it's like fairness and justice, like they oppose one another, but you can have both. You can hold, you can have the accountability and still be fair. Right. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. We can so you, I know, I know. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. So you've accomplished lots in your business and done incredible things, but how do you define success? What does that look like to you? Um, I think I was, I've been thinking about this since you, you dropped this in my ear a few weeks ago, you know, about this question, you know, I think because I really do um, try to be self-integral as, as, you know, to, to the best of my ability. And I've seen recently in the last two to three years, the impact that has had on my children because I see the way that they're behaving because our kids do what they see us do, not what we tell them to do. Right. Um, and I think it is now I'm in that phase of my life where that is the biggest success because it's the ripple. It's no longer just about me. It is here. I am giving this out to three other human beings to go out and create their own ripple. Um, and not to say that doesn't happen with my clients too, but obviously, you know, it's a different level, (laughs) different level. Yeah. And so that is, that's, that's really important to me. That's awesome. Now. And that that's your legacy, right? Like people, your clients will remember you, you've transformed their lives, but our children are definitely our legacy. Yeah. So true. Awesome. So what can people expect from you next? What's new and exciting and coming up for you? Yeah. So two things, um, and you'll find it all at the same site. If you go to HeidiGruce.com forward slash links, you're going to see two opportunities to um, work with me in two different ways. One is we are opening up registration for the second round of the Taking Imperfect Action Challenge. Um, and I have no doubt, I mean, we had over 400 people registered for the first one wow. and this one we're taking to different heights. So it's it's going to be a, a busy challenge which I'm excited about. The second thing that we're doing is we're opening up a training um, on this taking imperfect action challenge to show how to design a similar training in your business to really um, expedite or accelerate client readiness, right? And that's all around, um, you know, engagement, um, gamification. um, uh, What was I going to say? um, you know, using, um, like building off of their wins that they're achieving during the challenge. Um, so I'm really excited to share that because I had actually never been a part of a, an SMS challenge. Um, and I had never seen one before. This was kind of a new idea that my team came up with. Maybe one of my team members has seen one somewhere. I'm not really sure. Um, but it went really well. And I think this day and age, it may be something that other business owners might want to adapt in their business as well. So that um, training is going to be focused really on the content and the messaging. It's not going to be the tech side. I'm not the tech person, um, just to be upfront and transparent about that. But you know, there's there's a lot we can learn about engagement um, in short bite-sized conversations 
um, to move people into an action stage so that they're ready to work with you in a, in more intimate ways. I love that. And uh, it's amazing to to try something new and have it be wildly successful and be able to do it again and share it with other people. So uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. So where else can people find you? Obviously your website, we'll have all the links down below, but where can they support yeah. you in your work? Yeah. So I'm Heidi Gruse on all platforms and my last name, it rhymes with Seuss, but it's spelled differently. It's G-R-U-S-S. So there's no E in there. Um, and one of my favorite platforms to be on actually is Instagram. Um, I do a lot of live videos there. Um, Julie and I had our mindset in motion um, collaboration there recently. Um, but it's just a fun place for me to drop nuggets of information. Sometimes the videos are a little bit longer and I, I get a good response there. So um, definitely follow me at Heidi Gruse and, um, you know, let me know what information you're finding to be most helpful to you. That sounds awesome. Yes, definitely check them out. I love your sessions and not just because I was on one, but <laughs> I love following them and get a lot out of it. So yeah, you do an yeah. amazing job. Thanks. Thanks so, so much. One more question for you, but if you had the attention of the whole world for five minutes, what would you tell them? Oh, the whole world. Um, you're going to have to like edit out this long talk. This feels <laughs> like as long as you want. Question. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, so if I had the attention of the entire world for just five minutes, um, that there's a solution to every problem. Yeah, there's a solution to every problem. And if you're getting stuck and finding problems with every solution, I really encourage you to look yourself in the mirror there and and acknowledge whether or not you are committed to finding the solution, right? Because and the solution doesn't have to be the ideal solution. It's just something to keep us in motion moving forward. Awesome, absolutely. And when you can't find the solution, find somebody who can help you find it. Yes, that's just <laughs> it. Gosh, worst case scenario, we've got Google. Right. Go talk you to know? somebody. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Heidi. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad you're on today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And if you found value in this episode, please do share it. That's how people find us. And you can find me at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Listening to the Seven Figure Builder Show with Julie Baronick. Julie cut her teeth consulting for Fortune 500 companies worldwide. And now she's redirected that knowledge and power to support entrepreneurs like you. She focuses on relationship based lead generation and the magic of podcasting. If you're looking to elevate your business through storytelling, branding, and efficient systems, well, you found your new home. It's what we do. If you enjoyed the show and got something from it, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, find us on Instagram at Seven Figure Builder. Find the website at sevenfigurebuilder.com. And to learn how to automate your podcast with Julie, find that site at sevenfigurepodcastbuilder.com. See you next time on the Seven Figure Builder Show.